Good morning. I hope that you got a spring break. I hope that you found that it was refreshing. I hope that it was a break. Um, we did. We had the opportunity uh, to do a little camping in the mountains, but it's good to be back here on a Sunday morning with you guys. And uh, so thankful that you chose to to be here, to journey with us here at the bridge. If you're watching on Facebook, welcome. Just glad you're here. We've been walking through, what what book we've been walking through? Ephesians, which helps us to see that we're in a spiritual battle, right? It helps us to see that we're in a war. And uh, we've been focusing on, uh, in Ephesians, through Ephesians, there are no more thems. It's, it's us united as one. And today in chapter 4, you're going to see, a, I hope you see that uh, even more uh, clearly. Just a little bit about where we are in my family um, in the journey. Uh, yesterday, we celebrated 11 years that Carly has been graced with my presence. <laughs> and I love you. Thank you for all that you are in Christ and in our home. And then God's so good to us, not only do we get married on the 26th of March, the Lord Jesus gave us a son, Jake and Richardson Owens, on the 27th. So happy birthday, son. Daddy loves you. Jakin's name, Jakin, uh, we found that in the Word of God, and it means Yahweh will establish. Yahweh will establish, and that's our prayer for him. Um, that's our hope, and, and, and that's what we are believing Jesus. And he's already doing it, and uh, we just pray he'll continue to establish Jake and Richardson Owens. Derek did an excellent job last week, did he not? He proclaimed Jesus' word in clarity and in truth, and uh, I am thankful for you, brother. Uh, many, I've heard many people uh, talk about uh, what a great job you did. The pastor, Dustin, even uh, talked about what a good job you did last week, this morning. So um, Derek also left me a little meat on the bone. He left the last verse of chapter 3. So as if uh, 31 verses wasn't enough, we, I think we can go to 32 this week. Um, the Lord's going to work it out. So let me pray. And uh, we'll get started, okay? Father, in Ephesians 3.20, in your word you say that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ever ask, imagine, or think. According to the power that works in us when we trust you, Jesus, as our Lord and Savior. We've already heard testimony through our sister Mandy about that power that has been at work among us and in our families and restoration and healing. And we say thank you with our lips. We say it with our lives today. And I, I, no different today, I'm counting on you to do exceedingly and abundantly more than I can ever ask, imagine, or think. And, it, and it's according to your power not mine, yours. I am weak. You are strong. You are Christ alone. You're the cornerstone, and it is on your rock that we stand. And it is all, it is all for your glory, for the good of your church. Thank you for adding us 
to your church. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, if you have your Bibles, if not, it will be on the screen. Uh, we're going to start out in this journey together. And I'm going to read verse 20 out of chapter 3. And then I'm going to read the first six verses of chapter 4. And it says this, Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Therefore, why is that therefore? It's because to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. Paul says, I am a prisoner in the Lord, and I urge you to live worthy of the calling you have received. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Y'all, that says a lot. And um, we're going to work to... I sat down when I teach. Jesus sat down when he, when he taught to. Uh, he would read from the scroll and then sat down. Plus, it helps me kind of stay more focused. I'm kind of all over the place. And uh, so we see Paul here. Um, he states, and, Dust, and Derek pointed that out last week. He's a prisoner in the Lord, not a prisoner of Rome, not a prisoner of Caesar. He's a prisoner in the Lord. And um, as you saw, there is a calling that's been put on our lives. Now, many of us here are called to many things. Some of us are called to teach, to be a teacher. Some are called to the military. Some are called to be firemen, law enforcement, parents. Some of you are called to be parents. Some of you are called to adopt and uh, to foster. And praise God for all of those callings. And you should know all about callings these days because you've been doing your part and calling the hogs, Right? And, uh, man, but today, what I want you to see is that you've been called to a oneness in Jesus Christ so that we can get the mission mandate carried out so he can get the worship that he so deserved. Now, you've seen where Paul encouraged us to walk worthy of the calling. You see that, walking worthy, and when you see that, it's simply not just talking the talk. It's walking the walk. And when you see walk worthy of the calling, that simply means to conduct your life, and we should be conducting our lives just as Christ conducted himself with his time on earth. Um, you know, when you're called a Christian, the early church, when they were called Christians, it was like them saying, that's a bunch of baby Jesuses running around. Christians. And you know what? That should be who we are. 
reflecting Jesus everywhere we go, smelling like Jesus, looking like Jesus, showing the world who Jesus is. And, you know, Paul says, I urge you to live this way, to walk worthy that way, to live as a little Christian. And it's so important for us to be one in carrying that mission mandate out because our God is one, right? When we have division in our hearts and in our churches, we know where that's from, right? Where's that from? Where's that from, Marco? It's from the enemy. It's from the enemy. And if you want to see the kind of people and the groups that experience the presence of God, I didn't need that anyway, that experience the presence of God in their lives, and, you know, that's what that new song says, we want, we want you, that's who we want to be. If you want to see those kind of people, if you want to see the presence of God, you'll see that, and you'll see the results of that, and you'll see the presence of unity among people when God's people are selfless and humble. Philippians 2.3, you'll see it on the screen, it reminds us to do nothing, do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. What is, by the way, what's the off, opposite? What's the opposite of when we're selfless? What is the opposite of that? Yeah, yeah, y'all are right on. Self exaltation. It's about us instead of being about Jesus, and uh, we have to constantly uh, get rid of that. By the way, the more you personally and individually, yeah, I'm talking to a corporate gathering here. This is the people that make up the church here at the Bridge Church, or if you're watching online. Um, but what I know and what I see is when we personally, individually walk with Jesus close, the more unified we become as a whole. Do you see that? Do I have all that figured out? No. And, and Paul, he, he encourages us to strive to this, make every effort, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So let's go through these right quick, run through these. One body. We are diverse in background and gifting, but we are unified in Christ as one. We're not limited by man-made denominations. We're not limited by nation's borders. Did I see some Zake Africans? Um, yeah, they came in today. Glad you're here. So... So we're not lim- when we're one body in Christ, we're not limited by borders. We're not limited by denominations. We're not limited by the way you've been gifted and the way you've been gifted. We are one in Christ, one body. We're also one spirit. When we put our trust in Jesus, you get God, the Holy Spirit, living in you. And he creates the unity and keeps this thing going. Does that make sense? And uh, verse 4, just as you recall, there it is again. You were called to one hope at your calling. Remember in Ephesians 2, Dustin really did a really good job. He, he said, we were without hope. We were hopeless. And Jesus, we were far. And Jesus brought us near through the blood of Jesus. And uh, we can't, we missed the mark. Remember that? But Jesus brought us near. And so we, we were called to one hope at our calling. One Lord, one Lord. When we say and mean that Jesus is Lord, we say everything else is not Lord. We say Jesus is the boss. You know, and when the early Christians said Jesus is Lord, 
when the early Christians, the first Christians said, they said, Caesar is not Lord. And when the early Jews said, Jesus is Lord, y'all know what that meant? It meant that Yahweh, Jesus, Yeshua, Mashiach, Jesus is the Messiah. And he is. And so they put their lives on the line to say Jesus is Lord. And there's people, we got brothers and sisters all around the world today, and they're saying Jesus is Lord. If you believe in your heart and confess your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and that God raised him from the dead, you're saved. And it, may, it means you got to die yourself, but it may mean you, you have to die. Here, we, we, we're not there yet, but we, we should die to ourselves and die to those things that are elevated in our lives and let him rise up and be the Lord that he so uh, rightly deserved. One faith. We embrace things together that we can't see. Um, that one-month journey that Mandy spoke about with her mom, God could have did it in a day. He could have did it in a week. But he, in his goodness and kindness, he extended that out for a month so that he could do heart surgery on them and show them how awesome and how magnificent and how glorious he is. Aren't you glad? You know, his word is a lamp to our feet, a light under our path. It's not a spotlight. If it was a spotlight, Frankie, we'd be spotlighting like we used to all the time out there in the woods, just looking out there at things that we don't need to be looking at and seeing out there way too far. We wouldn't be in complete dependence on God like we should be. There's one God, y'all, one Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Our Father has adopted us into his family and made us one, his family. You see, it's so important for us to be a people of one because our God is one. The Shema, the Shema. Um, I don't see him here today, but a few weeks ago, Dustin um, charged Connor and Cassidy as parents to raise Leland in the ways of the Lord. And our God is one. In fact, we memorized this as a family this year. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You diligently teach that to your children. Uh, you, when you lie down, when you get up, when you walk along the road, when you sit in your house, you just, it's, it's, it's him. It's Jesus. God is one. And he dominates. And you wear, you put on Christ and you wear him everywhere you go. It's not something you put in your closet and you just take it out and come here on Sunday. No, he's one every day. In our lives. And we write that on the doorposts of our house. On our hearts. He writes it on our hearts for all to see. So the Shema is very important to show us that our God is a God of one. And although um, as we look at that we must be unified. And remember that, that I want you to remember that this is a process and a journey. If you can pull up verse 3 again. And it says making every effort to keep the unity. Making every effort to keep the unity. Now, it takes work. Let me tell you this example. Okay, so for y'all that have a family, if you're single, you still understand this. But it's like keeping the house clean and the yard mode. It takes effort. It takes a keeping and y'all, it, doesn't, it, it requires great persistence and effort. And it sure works better when everybody pitches in. 
And uh, am I the best at that? No, I'm not. Uh, you know how you work mad? I mean, you finally pitch in and you work mad, and you might as well not even be helping because you're hurting. Um, that happened a few weeks ago at my house. Um, <laughs> so we must work for unity, and, and um, there are some hills we must die on and, and concerning uh, keeping unity among us. Point one I want you to see is we must make every effort here at the Bridge Church to strive for this unity. It, start, it starts at the top with uh, Dustin and I and the elders, uh, our wives, and it just flows down. It starts with Jesus, and we can't, do, me and Dustin can't, we'll tell you right now, we can't do it without Jesus. When we try, y'all, it's ugly. The house ain't clean. There's bickering. We need Jesus. We need to be fueled by him, and we need to let him help us keep the unity. Um, we know that um, a few a few um, months ago, Carly and myself, we had the privilege to take uh, Annabelle and Jake in to see a Razorback football game. We went and seen the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And Fran has a classmate. Y'all have heard Dustin talk about her dad, Chad Powell, one of his best friends. And uh, Fran was at the game, the same game we were at. Well, Mississippi State, they come out of the tunnel. Annabelle and Jake are sitting there. They come out of the tunnel, and the fans just booed. I mean, just boo, 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 and they're hurling names, and we're sitting by some students, and they're feeling it and letting them feel it. And, uh, <laughs> and Annabelle just kind of looked puzzled. And, you know, our big deal was she wanted to get to Fran Powell at, at halftime and see her. And Annabelle, of course, was rooting for the Razorbacks because that's just how we roll. We're, we're Razorbacks and Sooners. And, um, but she learned something that day. Both her and Jake did is, is that, man, when the whistle's blown and the kickoff happens, there's a war going on. There's a tussle fits and take place. Somebody's fits and get hit. And it's a war. But what I want to say to that is, is sometimes today, as far as unity goes, and as far as no more thems go, sometimes in the church, sadly, we have that mentality about us, where it's a us and them mentality. Does that make sense? Uh, it's like we're competing against one another. And y'all, point two I want you to say, see is we must get rid of every rivalry and competition among our fellow families and brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Like I said, it's not, uh, Jesus and his family is not confined to borders. It's not con uh, confined to denominations. And over the last few weeks, we've been talking about some hot-button tough topics, one being uh, uh, color, uh, political affiliations. We've been talking about those things. We've been talking about ethnic backgrounds and how they divide us as the church. And that should not be the case. When we trust Jesus, we should realize that he created all of us for him. And who are we to call this group or that group inferior uh, to, to us or us to be superior to them when Jesus made them to know him and worship him? We don't have that right. Well, I see that same thing. Um, you know, Dustin pointed out a few weeks ago in John 13, 35. You'll see it on your screen. By this, all people will know 
that you're my disciples by the love that you have for one another. So people can whiff things out whenever we're uh, casting judgment or uh, shade on certain different people groups and certain people of color. And they, when, we, when they see, when the people out there see our divisions and us talking about things that really don't matter when it all comes to this, folks can sniff that out. And folks, when we as a church talk bad or act like we're competing against other churches and we can't celebrate what God's doing all over the world and all across town, um, it can, it can, it's ugly. And I promise you, they whip, people whiff that out. Lost people whiff that out. Uh, we see these divisions among denominations. We were talking about this uh, in the elder prayer time this morning. We see this within denominations. Uh, this, this, this Baptist church is divided against this Baptist church. And, you know, that is not of the Lord. That's of the enemy. And it's got to go. Um, it's within the church walls. When we have division in here, we need to nip it in the bud. I will hurt your feelings. I will make a mistake. Just come talk to me. I may be so caught up in something else, I'm blind to it. Yesterday, I ran into a man named Lawrence Holly at the John Deere place. Lawrence Holly is a brother of mine from the Catholic Church. That brother turned around and saw me, and we had fellowship. We loved on each other. There was a time back then, me and him didn't really speak. But yesterday, we had fellowship. I ran into Dr. Connor yesterday. That mug was so focused on the length of my beard. I was like, man, if I could just get James to you, you would appreciate the shortness of my beard. And I'm like, man, I just came from getting it trimmed. And he didn't appreciate that. But, but we moved on and we had fellowship. Uh, that brother is a deacon at Wynn Baptist. We don't agree on everything. But I love him. And he loves me and he sharpens me. I hope I sharpen him. I hope he's listening sometime this week. Maybe he'll get off my beard. <laughs> Roy Morris. Roy Morris is a man that works on small engines. He retired from the highway department. I see Corey over there. Corey and I had the opportunity to take the man fishing. Y'all, he goes to Fitzgerald Crossing Baptist Church. I have never in my life seen a man that serves Jesus Christ as well as he does. And I tell other people that, and they don't seem too shocked about it because they see Jesus in him too. Y'all, Cross County, we've been praying Jesus' blood over the hearts, over the doorposts of those who make up the folks, the citizens of Cross County. We've been praying that Jesus would get in. So he could be sitting on the throne of their hearts. And we need everybody that names the name of Jesus, that follows Jesus. We need them 
to get the message of Jesus, the message of hope that Mandy spoke of out to all these folks. And then we start working on Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But how we do at home really matters. And my third point here, we must kill whatever it is inside of us that is killing the unity around us from happening. We must kill it. Yeah, we got to hold to Jesus' truths. And if some other, ch- I mean, I, I'm guilty, y'all. I drive by and I look at the, what people put on their church signs and, and I'm critical automatically. I'm like, okay, let's see what they put up there this week. You know what? I'm You're not either. I promise you, they got all they can handle right here and in their own church to be the shepherds they're supposed to be. Stay out of the gray areas. Be be leery if they say, well, you got to do this, this, and this, and then trust Jesus. No, stay away from that. Let us be known as um, a place that loves. And um, we got all we can handle right here, y'all, on making sure this flock is in the right condition. To bring Jesus the maximum glory. Let me ask you. Are you known as a person of unity? Or a divider? The scripture in Proverbs says. Jesus detests. Abhors. Hates those who causes division among brothers. Are you known to walk in the truth? Walking worthy of the calling that Jesus has put on your life? Because I can tell you right now, when you get to serving Jesus, you get in here and you find out what Jesus says and get to applying it and doing it on a daily basis, you'll find that you only got time to worry about what he thinks and not worry about what everybody else thinks or says. You just, you just won't have time. You won't be consumed about what everybody thinks. And that is a message for me, a right now message for me and you. Um, you'll be serving Jesus and com- consumed about what he thinks, about, bringing him, about pleasing him and bringing him glory. And by the way, if you find yourself hanging with somebody that's constantly consumed with running other people down and talking about this gossip thing going on over here and the latest, uh, n- they're the news breaker, they're the one that calls you every time somebody dies or every time somebody falls or somebody falls into temptation or sin, if that's you and you're surrounded by somebody like that, you'll almost always find that that person is, is, is not pleasing to the Lord. They're just not. They can't, that, that's not pleasing to the Lord. And, and they aren't doing anything for the king and his kingdom. Being critical of, of others is a bad sign for me. And when I'm critical, I need to check myself. I need to repent. I need to get right. I need to get my heart right. And uh, we have each other to help us in that. When we're critical of others and run others down, and if you keep hanging around that person that's stirring that pig slop up, you're going to get some of it on you. Y'all remember that sermon? Dustin talked about how hard it is to get that pig slop off of you. You just can't wash it off. You got to wear it off. And before you know it, you're going to get drug into the slop, completely into the slop, And you're going to be no stinking good for anything um, in God's sight and and, and for the good of others. And we don't need that. Now, (laughs) wow, 
Let's shift gears. Aren't you glad we're not all the same? I mean, it's a good thing. Let me read verse 7. Now grace was given to each one of you according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now skip to 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ. Until we all reach the unity of faith and the knowledge of God's Son, growing in maturity with the stature that's measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by the, every wind of teaching, by human cunning, with cleverness and the techniques of deceit, but speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way to him who is the head, Christ. From the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building up of itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Wow, that's a lot. What I want you to see here is Jesus graced us with gifts so that we could be in it with it together. Now, there are a lot of graces that's you getting what you don't deserve. And there are a lot of those that's been given to us by Jesus. There is the grace of salvation that he's given you. And here he has graced us with gifts. He has graced us with gifts for his church. And these leadership positions are very important. But what I want you to know here is that it's not about the individual leaders that we're about to run through. It's about Jesus' word and us getting the word to you in a proper way where you can take it and apply it. Now, hear me. The word of God is all that we need. It's, it's the word that we're built and grown up into and who Jesus wants you to be so that the body of Christ can be all that it is meant to be. You will see the word truth as we play this out many times. And, and I don't, you know, if you're saying, if you're walking through the word and you say, well, I don't understand it. Keep reading. Come see one of the pastors like James did a few weeks ago. We want to be here for you to help you in that. I'm reading in the book of Isaiah right now. Y'all remember when the Ethiopian eunuch rolls up on, who was that that he rolled up on, Kim? He got baptized by, y'all help me, Philip. Ethiopian eunuch rolls up to him. And he's, he's in the middle of nowhere, and Philip rides up on him, and he said, hey, he, heard, he overhears him reading in Isaiah, and he says, hey, what are you reading? He said, I don't know. I need somebody to help me understand. And Philip tied it together for him. I'm reading. I'm in the middle of Isaiah right now, and I don't understand. I don't. But I also have some Psalms 62. I sent that to y'all yesterday or the day before. I understood that. God spoke to me through that. I also am in 1 Corinthians right now. I read chapter 2 yesterday. I, get, I understand what's going on there. So if you're in a place and you don't understand, keep reading. Keep digging. Keep asking the Lord. He'll give you understanding in this. And... Um, you know, that's why we stand up here and that's why Derek preached from here last week. That's why Dustin stands up here and preaches his guts out every week. It's from the Word of God. That's, there's, the Word of God is living and active. And so, I want I, these pages in your Bible, they ought to be getting sticky and wrote on. And, you know, just be digging. 
And uh, as I go through these, these groupings of people, I want you to listen. I'm going to make you stand up in a minute because this is long. Um, I'm going to make you stand up in a few minutes. But let's look. As I read through these giftings that God gave us, I want you to listen. And I want you to find your place at where you're at. Because I promise you, Dustin and I and the elders are looking around. And we see how God has gifted you. And we're watching God grow you. To where you can step into that place and be that next leader. Okay? Apostles. These are those that are the sent ones. Those who are on mission for Jesus, by Jesus. They get the message of Jesus out. They make him known to their neighbors out into all the world. They're the missionaries, so to speak. Um, They're visionaries. And Dustin is an incredible and a marvelous visionary. Uh, David and Becky help us tremendously in this area of being visionaries. Um, Prophets, those are apostles. Apostles. Don't think that there's no such thing as apostles because they're the missionaries. Greek word for sent ones. Prophets, thus saith the Lord is that prophet, those who speak the truth and love to people. You may find them saying, don't do that. Hey, brother or sister, I love you. Don't go there. Stop. I've been down that road. Don't, 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 don't go there. You might find that person, but it'll always, y'all, it'll always line up with God's word. Even the visionaries. If it's not a vision from the Lord, it's a dream. Uh, it's, it's a nightmare. Um, you, you prophets who take and apply God's word to people for their good and God's glory. I see this played out in J.D. and Rebecca Parker's life. I see, I see this happening in their children. Speaking the truth in love when it's hard. Um, Hallie, I see, I, see, I see Isaac being that someday. Caitlin. Um, evangelists. Those who, who see the gospel and love to tell. Dustin said it a few weeks ago. When he's having a bad day, what does he need to do? Share the gospel. Man, it sure, crank, it sure cranks my tractor up too. I can be in, I can be muddy, I can be hanging out in the reeds, hanging out in the mud, and I see somebody and God gives me an opportunity to share the gospel with them, and man, I'm, it's rocket fuel. It just, it's just a gift from God, and He lets us be in on that. Uh, your testimony, um, gospel presentation. I put a uh, out on the table in the lobby. If you want some help uh, sharing your story, sharing your testimony, or a little bit of equipping um, to share the gospel, put sign up on that sheet out there, and I'll work it to where we can get together in the near future, and we can help on that. Um, pastor, elder, shepherds, those who are gifted to provide teaching and pastoral care or hospitality to the flock, those that are sick, those that are suffering, those that are walking through grief, 
those who offer God's word up for healing for folks, both physically and spiritually. These gifted folks serve, protect, nurture, defend. They know well the condition of the flock. Sacrifice, they, for, they sacrifice for the flock. Kim and Gina are amazing at this. Kim is constantly, Becky's constantly, Gina's constantly. Hey, did you, do you know so-and-so? They're walking through this time. I see Katie doing it. I, Richie and Janine are incredible at it. Um, just knowing well the condition of the flock. Teaching, elders, shepherds. We've got a really good group of elders that God has raised up here in the church. And then it goes to teachers. Teachers are those in the body who are gifted with the ability to dig in God's word and to teach it to others. And we've got some really good ones in here. Carly, Derek, and Dustin, and Miss Gina, just to name a few. And just a little side note. If you're a teacher, that don't mean you're a pastor. But all pastors teach. And y'all, I want you to look at verse 12. Put it back on the screen. These gifts from Jesus to you, the church, is for your good, for the equipping of the saints in God's ministry. You know, for you to do the work. Do you see that? Point one, it is on us leaders to equip you, the saints, to do the work of the ministry. Do you see that? We work to get you ready to work, to grow you, for Jesus to grow you up. He's the only one that can do it. It's all centered around this, and we want you to grow up in the Lord and into maturity. And then what you'll find is you'll become the next leaders. And it'll be all centered around the word. <laughs> um, your responsibility, point two, or assignment in Christ may look different. It's going to look different than somebody else's will. But God weaves this all together beautifully. It's beautiful when we let him do. Um, on a football team, you don't have all linemen. You don't have 11 quarterbacks. You got to have a good solid line. You got a running back. You got receivers out here that can catch the ball, like Deacon. Um, at Pop's Grill, if you go up there and eat, if you had all cooks in that building in there, man, it'd be a mess. We need Jake Reeds that brings the food to the table and communicates with one another, right? Uh, on a farm, it's no different. You got to have different roles that that play out on the farm, right, Brett? Um, the baseball team, I mean. Pitchers don't typically hit. Every once in a while you have somebody that can. But this shows that we have different roles and responsibilities. And here is point three that I want to make concerning us and them. Y'all, we're all in this together. It's not on us, the leaders. It's not on all you, the saints. It's on us together. We're in this together, and we must work together and let Jesus do it, what he does in us. So we're called by God, gifted by God, by God to work and equip for the work of the ministry. Oh, yeah, we're getting there, y'all. With the good Lord being our helpers, 
Dustin and I will never ask you to do something that we won't do. We, if we ask you to do something or encourage you to do something, it will always be consistent with God's word. And um, this, this shows us it falls on us as, our, as leaders to equip you. And um, sometimes it seems um, that we take time off. But just remember, it's not on the spiritual elite only. It's on all of us. And when we take time off or just come and sit in here and don't do anything, it's like cutting a part of the body off. You'll suffer. You'll miss. We'll miss you when you being a part of the body aren't here. Does that make sense? A couple things that I want us to be known as, and Dustin wants us to be known here at the Bridge Church. Two things. That we teach this word consistently, accurately, faithfully. We, we, we bring the word. And we love each other and everyone else in the community. That is why Dustin named this room the family room. We're family. Sometimes family gets a little wonky, but hey, we're family. We stay family. We stay committed, right? <laughs> Again, John 13, 35. By this, they'll know that you're my disciples by the love we have for one another. And trust me, there are folks out there that don't agree with us. And there are folks in here that don't agree with us. But as long as they see that we love them, as long as you know that we love you, we can agree to disagree at times. And so it is an absolute privilege and honor to serve Jesus Christ and to be unified in him, right? And oh, that we might take advantage of this gift, these gifts that God's given us. Now, we're on the last section. I need you to stand up. Therefore, I say this and testify in the Lord, you should no longer live as Gentiles live in the futility of their thoughts. They are darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their hearts. They become callous and gave themselves over to the promiscuity for the practice of every kind of impurity with the desire for more and more. But that is not how you came to know Christ, assuming you heard about him and were taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. To take off the former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires. To be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness and righteousness and purity of the truth. Y'all listen up at these one another's right here. And also, I want you to keep in mind as I read through these, the results of how disunity happens when we fail to do the one another's. Therefore, verse 25, put away lying. Speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Folks, sometimes we act like we live in Alaska and we stay mad all the time. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And don't give the devil an opportunity. Let the thief no longer steal. 
Instead, he must do honest work with his own hands so that he has something to share with anyone in need. Verse 29, no foul language or no corrupt speech should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need. Y'all ever heard the saying, he'd make a preacher cuss? I've seen that. I've been there. Don't let anything but that which is building up of others come out of your mouth. Don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. When the Lord tells you to do something, do it. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. Verse 31. Why? Why is there so much division in the church walls and across denominations and across town and across this world? It's because there's been a lot of hurt passed out. And we're all guilty. But we're without excuse because it says right here in verse 31, let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting and slander be removed from you along with all malice and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as God also forgave you. In Christ. All right, you can be seated. Now let's get to Jesus. Go back with me in verse 8. When he ascended on high, he took the captives captive. He gave gifts to people. But what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth? The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens to feel all things. Y'all... In your Bibles, in Numbers 31, 2 Samuel 12, Exodus 3, and in, all, in many different places throughout the Old Testament. Trust me in this. But here's the gist of it. When a king would go out to fight a battle, I'm talking about it was on. And God would give him permission and give him a charge and a calling. Go smoke them. All of them. I'm with you. Go do what I'm sending you to do. And that king would go out and he would win the victory because God was on his side. When he would get done, God would give him specific instructions about when you kill them off, bring all the plunder back. Get whatever's left. And God sometimes would let them have more of this and more of that and less of this and less of that. But the plunder came back with the victorious king. Because he had won the victory. He had won the battle. And what I want you to see here, that one that descended, Jesus, who's always been, left heaven, the friendly confines of heaven, came down here to earth to die for you and me and everyone. He came and he finished the victory, the, the war, the, the battle that he came to fight on our behalf, right? 
And he triumphed over death and hell and the grave. And he came back triumphantly and victoriously, and he ascended on high, right? He ascended back to where he came from, to heaven, right? And he's seated. And y'all, he dished out gifts to his children, the church. Look at how many gifts we have that Jesus, who won the victory for us, who did what we could not do, what he delved out to us. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us himself living in us. He gave us eternal life, victory over death. He gifted us with his word, his very word. He gave us the church. He gave us each other to do this life journey with. He gifted us with apostles and prophets and teachers and shepherds and elders and evangelists. Folks, this is the gospel. Jesus has always been. Colossians 1.16 says, For through him and to him are all things, and all things exist by him, for him. And it reminds us, and you know, he descended, he became Emmanuel, God with us. He lived that perfect life that we could not. He died in our place. He rose from the dead, he defeated our biggest fear, death. And he took care of our biggest problem, our sin, that's on every one of us. Until he removes it. And puts it on him. And he ascended. And is he not just gifting you? You see it? Do you receive it? Philippians 2.8, last passage. And it's who we're to be. It's who we have in Jesus. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, he died in your place and gifted you with forgiveness if you'll just receive this gift. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. That's all of us. We're all sinners. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so... We have a huge task of keeping the unity here, across our city, across our county, across the nation. And yes, you can get bogged down and you can feel defeated, but if you'll stay focused on Jesus, stay in his word, let him keep you where you need to be, you'll see the gifts flow down. And then he'll just keep using you as you grow in him to gift others. As he gives to us, we give it away. That's what we do as Jesus followers. We have Jesus, we give him away. So that by this, all people will know that we're his. And yes, we, get, we see things that are jacked up. We're not the spiritual police. We just love. We boldly sit 
camp out, stand on Christ, the solid rock, and his word. And we love. And we walk worthy of the calling that he's put on our lives so that they can know this King Jesus as well. If you're here today, musicians can come on up. It's time. And you want to put your trust in Jesus for the first time? You just come, the altar will be open. This is the altar that we have. But it's not about this, it's about the person of Jesus coming to live inside of you to forgive you of your sins. And so come today give your life to Jesus if you never have receive this gift that's available to you or you may be here today and you just want one of us to pray for you maybe you've wandered away and you know Jesus is always there with arms wide open saying come to me all you are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest Whatever it is that Jesus is calling you to or trying to gift you, would you receive that gift today? Lord, we love because you first loved us. Have your way in this room. We know you're mighty to save. And I just praise you for being faithful. Thank you for being our God. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.